knowing that there's been thought and intentionality about like what to put in this space to help communicate more about the culture of the area makes, makes it just feel more comfortable and, and makes you kind of more quickly fall in love with, with the space. What's up, everybody? My name's Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's up, B? My brother, I love doing, doing two shows in a day. It's good. And I also don't get to see you very often anymore, so I, I love that we get to do this. Um, something super cool that's been happening since this last couple of days is, as you know, uh, end of the year, if you go on your Spotify, if you use, if you use your Spotify, it'll show you like the music that you listen to. And I've had a bunch of people tag me in, and I think you did as well, that we made a bunch of people's like top 2021 podcast. So first of all, if we'd made it for you too, and you want to tag us, I would love to see it. Um, just to say thank you mostly from, from my perspective, I'm super humbled. There's so many people have chosen to listen to us. Um, I sometimes don't want to listen to myself, but I do, I do appreciate that people find value in our show and, and listen to it. And that we have been with you on so many car rides and workouts and so on and so forth. So just sharing some gratitude for all the people that are listening to us and taking actions because I know a lot of people are doing that as well. Um, so yeah, I just thought about that. It yeah. That's amazing. Cool. Yeah. I got tagged in a few of those and right? uh, How cool is that? super I'm grateful like, for wow. everybody listening. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. So, and if you guys again, like, if there's certain topics that you want us to cover, let us know. I mean, the guests that we're going to introduce here in just a minute, you know, we connected, but a couple of people were sending us DMs about like, hey, it would be cool to get some guests from the guest perspective, somebody that stayed in a lot of short-term rentals. So that's who we're going to introduce in just a minute. Somebody that stayed in over fifty and lives, uh, call it a nomadic lifestyle right now, which is super cool. And, um, you know, lessons learned from the guest side of the house that we can all learn from to implement, to create a better guest experience. And a lot of stuff is probably going to be pretty simple, like some basic stuff that you need to do. And then we'll get into maybe some more of those wow factors, but yeah, man, super grateful. Um, if you haven't already hit the subscribe button, really appreciate it. And just share it with anybody else that's in the business or looking to get in the business. You know, we're trying to provide as much free value to you guys as possible and also make sure if you're looking to get started or if you're looking for some resources, we put together a free starter pack with some trainings on how to analyze markets and analyze deals and different checklists and all sorts of good stuff that we're updating regularly. And you can get access to that totally free. All you got to do is text the word resources to 978-242-0001. Again, that's just text the word resources to 978-242-0001. And obviously let, let us know your name. Like we're actual people responding to these. So it's either myself or Mike Riley or JM, like we're all responding to these. So say, hi, this is so-and-so just so we put a name to a face, but yeah, without further ado, man, let, let's get into today's episode. I'm really excited for this. It's, it's from a unique perspective that we haven't covered before. So yeah. 
I'm excited. Today on the show, we've got Zach Busekris. I hope I got that right. You can correct me in a second. Yeah, it's a boozy cruise, actually. Almost like a, boozy like, a cruise. like a booze cruise. Yeah. Okay, boozy cruise. Okay. And uh, him and his wife are the founders of Spontaneous. They have a weekly newsletter that brings subscribers the best last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. They're full-time digital nomads, and they've stayed in about 50 Airbnbs since last October. So within a year, they've stayed in 50 different Airbnbs. They've learned a thing or 10 about what separates the best stays from the rest of the pack, and they can riff off any of the following topics, you know, 10 things they've learned after staying in 50 Airbnbs, a whole bunch of good stuff that we're going to get into today. So without further ado, Zach, thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, thank you so much for the invitation. Love what you guys are doing. And uh, yeah, just really honored to, to be here and share some stories, share some tips and, uh, you know, maybe a best practice or two. Yeah, for sure. So you guys are basically living the dream that so many people that hit me up want to do, right? They're like, oh, I want to travel more and do all this stuff. And um, you guys are doing it. So kudos to you guys. So why don't you tell us how this all started? Like what how long have you been doing this and what got you into this nomadic lifestyle? Yeah, great question. So it really just started during COVID. We were both, my wife and I were both sort of, you know, sent home like most of the world. And we were working from a 700 square foot apartment in downtown Washington, DC, both on, you know, Zoom calls. And it was just quite honestly, just a little bit of a cluster. Um, and, you know, we, we don't have kids yet. I don't know how people with kids uh, we're able to do it, but it was just, it just got to a point where it was too much. And so we said, look, like we need a bigger space. Um, and then right, right around that time, both of our employers said, Hey, indefinitely, you guys are going to, we're going to be remote. So we thought, well, if we can work from anywhere, why don't we? So we, we got out of our lease, um, and we hit the road. And we started, you know, pretty close to home, just sort of the mid-Atlantic kind of uh, New England area, and eventually worked up the courage to go, uh, you know, all the way to the West Coast and uh, and then back again. So yeah, we've we've been a fair number of places over the past year, and you know, saw really just how different people, depending on where you were in the country, were responding to the pandemic. So it was a very, very just interesting. Uh, moment to to travel in. So real privilege for sure. And, uh, you know, we, we've been so thankful for the hosts that have that have had us uh, over the last, you know, 14 months now. So you guys so, took that workation trend to a whole nother level. <laughs> we did. We did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, again, it was it was a we couldn't have done it without hosts. Right. Um, and we just were so, so appreciative of people that went over and beyond to just make sure that we were comfortable. Again, we, we weren't you know, we were working the whole time, right? So it's not like we were on an extended vacation or a sabbatical. Um, and host just did a exceptional job at like making sure we had good work from home setups um, and whatnot. So just very, very appreciative to to the people, the great people of Airbnb that uh, made all of this possible. So were you guys doing it by car? Were you just- We were, car? yeah, yeah. So you so, did everything by car. So you were just going all around the country by car. You were just driving to- yeah, yeah. So we what we would do is we we'd try this wasn't perfect, but we we tried to arrive on a Sunday to a place and then leave on the following Saturday. So it was, you know, almost a week in each place. Again, that wasn't perfect, but that's what we strove for. So we had a good, you know, five solid days in any given area to 
at least get a little bit of a sense of the community, the culture, kind of what was happening. Um, and then we spent most weekends, you know, driving anywhere between five to, you know, 15 hours a weekend, depending on, you know, how far we were trying to get um, that week. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, that sounds so fun. Sort of fun, kind of daunting at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so were you guys like, how did you choose? So what, what's your favorite spot? Actually, that's the main question mm. that I had after all this time. And do you have the same favorite spot, you and your wife, or is it two separate spots? We do actually, which is funny because we don't agree on lots of things, but we do agree <laughs> on our, our favorite uh, stay thus far. And it was actually in Booth Bay Harbor, Maine, which is, if you're not familiar with Maine, it's, it's about an hour north of Portland, Maine, um, and then about a two to three hours south of Bar Harbor, Maine. If people know Maine, they typically know like Portland or Bar Harbor. Uh, Booth Bay Harbor is, you know, more or less in the middle of, of the two cities, the two towns, I should say. And uh, the place was called the Sparrow's Nest. And we actually start, it was our second stay that we ever stayed in. Um, and we loved it so much that we just went back this past October and stayed there, you know, for, for two weeks. And it was remarkable. And really what made the place so special, it's a, it's a cottage, like a small two bedroom cottage, um, on this beautiful, uh, property. The hosts live on site, uh, in, in a separate house and Susie and Neil are their names. And they just, uh, if, if you, if, if there's anyone that should write the book on hospitality in the short-term rental space, it should be Susie. She's just remarkable in, in, in every way. And so um, not only were the surroundings just absolutely beautiful, it was like peak fall too, and fall in New England, right? What's there not to love? Um, but it was really the, the, the care that they put into every detail of the home that made it uh, just such an exceptional experience for us. Mm. To make that more, I guess, actionable for the listeners, can you guys recall some of those details that were like, wow, this is amazing? Yes. So right off the bat, um, I'm a big, more so than my wife, uh, but uh, we're, we're both, uh, you know, uh, coffee drinkers. We both appreciated when any stay had multiple ways to make your coffee, right? So some, some places you go and they've got a Keurig or they've got an espresso or they've got a, you know, a, a auto drip. And, you know, that, that's great. It's especially great when you've got an espresso, a auto drip and a French press, right? So everyone takes their coffee a little bit differently. And it's such a small, relatively like inexpensive thing to add to a space, but it, knowing that you're going to get to have your coffee in the way that you like your coffee prepared really just makes the stay that more enjoyable and that more really just comforting right off the, right off the bat. Uh, so Susie, Susie did an exceptional job. She had three different, uh, uh, coffee makers. Um, and you know, I got my French press and, you know, my wife got her, uh, her pour over. So we, we were all good there. Um, and beyond just coffee makers, one of the things Susie did really, really well is she paid attention to the details around, you know, when it comes to investing in this space, unless you have oodles of money, you can't make everything perfect. But what Susie did was she thought, okay, what are the most important pieces of the home? And I'm going to invest a lot in that. So for example, the bed, she had an incredible bed. The sheets were these ridiculous linen sheets that were just incredibly comfortable. Um, if, if you don't have a good night's sleep, right? Like you're, you're going to have a crappy experience, right? Like 
if, if you, if you wake up tired because the bed wasn't comfortable or the sheets were scratchy, it's going to affect like it or not, right. Your experience of the place. So she knew, she knew where to invest. And then, you know, when it came to some of the, you know, lamps and other furnishings, she went a little bit cheaper, but they were still beautiful and, 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 and nice. So she did a really good job of, I think, dissecting what are the things that are going to be most influential in whether or not the person has a good stay and let me invest heavily there and save a little bit of money on the coffee mugs, for instance. I love that. That's super actionable. And I think we had another guest uh, on the show from the host perspective, our good friend, Bill. Bill also did luxury properties, but he was also a big fan of putting different options for coffee with Bill being a tea drinker, right? Like Bill doesn't even drink coffee. And so it's understanding that traveler kind of psychology. Um, what I want to take us now, which is super interesting with somebody that has been in 50 Airbnbs in a year, right? What makes you pick an Airbnb? So if we have a host now that is writing copy or yeah. using picture, right? Like, what does that look like for you guys? Because I, I assume, like, do you, I only go to like people that are super host. Was that something that you guys did or... So yeah, we, we, we filtered in uh, a couple of interesting ways. Um, first and foremost, the way that we both approached, the way that my wife and I approached sort of the research behind where we wanted to stay was pretty different. So my wife would go and she'd you know, just Google top rated Airbnbs in New England or like most beautiful places in, to stay in Southern California for short-term rentals. Uh, and she, she would take sort of like the, find a good blog, read an article, uh, you know, assume that it was a trusted source. And that's, that's how she would kind of stumble upon a place. I, I started my search like on Airbnb directly um, and would filter actually mostly the, the first thing that I would do is I'd find the general area we were trying to, uh, we were trying to drive to. And then I would just use the map and I'd scroll in on the map and I'd look for uh, places that popped up more or less in sort of like our, our budget uh, and then from there, what I would do is I'd go and I'd click onto the actual stay. And the very first thing that I would do uh, after looking at sort of the featured pictures is that I'd go over to the reviews and then I'd search, I'd do command F and then I'd search for specific words, right? Like, you know, kitchen. Cause I wanted to, I wanted to understand, yes, they have a full kitchen, but what do people say about the kitchen, right? Like oftentimes the amenities icons on Airbnb don't tell you or any, you know, short-term rental site don't tell you enough about like, am I going to be able to cook like a filet mignon in this kitchen, right? Like, or, uh, you know, am I just going to have a couple of soup bowls, right? And, and that it can vary pretty dramatically. So we go over to the reviews, go command F and filter by specific amenities. It was also important to us that the Wi-Fi was really good because we're working, right? Um, and so we'd, we'd look, we'd search for Wi-Fi and see what are, what are the guests, what are the reviews saying about the Wi-Fi or about the kitchen or about the the sheets quite frankly so that's how we would go about our our searches and to, to answer your your earlier question I, I mean you have to invest in professional photos like it, it even if you've got like a five star you know 350 reviews but you have crappy photos it we just we just looked the other way quite frankly um and in photos are this like relatively inexpensive thing that really does go a long way and Sometimes your iPhone might cut it, but if there's one kind of like takeaway, if, if anyone's not convinced yet, uh, your reviews are very important. Obviously, the number of reviews are very important, but 
even if you've got lots of great reviews and a high quantity of reviews, but you've got crappy photos, that's going to deter at least guests like us from, from staying at your place. Love it. I say that over and over. Like that's one of my favorite things to say to people is just like, you should pay for reviews. Um, so what is your, what are your top things that you'd look for in, in, in the sense of comfort that make your, make your holiday, make your extended stay, I should say in your case, more special. So you've already kind of talked about like a comfortable bed, nice sheets. What else have you guys found there's like makes such a huge difference to your overall experience? Yeah. So because we were, and you know, we're, we're living on Airbnb, so to speak, right? It's like having local, um, you know, uh, goods or a, a really well-designed host manual uh, or a guest manual, I should say. But wait, the, the, the places where you'd arrive and they'd have like local coffee from, you know, the shop uh, down the street or uh, a bottle of wine from the, uh, you know, the, the wine shop a couple blocks away, whatever it might be, being able to sort of incorporate aspects of the community into the space really just made it feel like you were actually home, right? Like it, it, this wasn't just a, a vacation. This was for us, right? This is where we were living for the next week. We're working and getting a sense for what that, what the greater community of this, of the place is. I think that that's why people ultimately choose short-term rentals over like a hotel is you want, you want to, I mean, this is so trite, I feel like to say now, but like you want an experience, right? Not just a, not just a place to, to sleep. Um, so the host that went over and above to think about how can we creatively bring in the culture of this place into our homes that immediately made us feel comfortable. And, you know, beyond like wine and, and coffee, other examples of this are, you know, we'd, there were some hosts that would feature like local artwork from, um, you know, some artists in the town where you could buy a print, right. Or buy, you know, there was a, a host that had uh, plants actually that, that were for sale from, um, you know, a, a, a local garden nearby. So things like that, um, just are immediately like noticeable and you, 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 it, it immediately kind of elevates the space in your mind, even if the space isn't like designed, you know, to, to the nines, knowing that there's been thought and intentionality about like what to put in this space to help communicate more about the culture of the area makes, makes it just feel more comfortable and, and makes you kind of more quickly fall in love with, with the space. I want to I want to flip it now on its head and talk about <clears throat> what were some of the worst experiences you have and how could those <laughs> I was going there next I was so curious Yeah um you know we we were really fortunate to have mostly really great stays um a couple of the stays um that were you know especially memorable uh in in a bad way um, we're actually spaces that were, were managed by, I think, traditional property management companies um, where uh, th there wasn't as much, I guess, concern or care about being responsive. Um, and so we, you know, for instance, we were staying at this one place in Vermont um, and there were mice in the place um, and we had contacted the uh, the host on Airbnb, which was actually a, a management company, and uh, we're trying to you know get help and have somebody come and you know 
fix the situation and or you know give us a refund for at least the cleaning fee and it was this whole cluster um and the response times were just awful like really 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 awful now again things happen right like we were in vermont in the woods like there's going to be a mouse every once in a while that's okay what's not okay is to not be responsive to your guests when there is a concern right like when there is a when there is an issue so response time really really beyond just influencing you know rankings on airbnb or other short-term rentals once you're staying there it, it really does matter right like knowing that your you know your host is going to respond within the hour and just say hey you know i've heard you i'm here's how we're going to address the situation that makes all the difference we don't need a response time in five minutes but like at least within the hour when you're staying there when you first check in that seems like a a, a no-brainer the other thing is you know especially during a pandemic um make sure the place is clean right like investing in a good uh you know cleaning company uh, or or making or if you clean the property yourself really making sure that it's clean there were a couple of places where we'd show up and um you know we're paying a 150 dollars cleaning fee or whatever it is and the place just feels dirty um and that's annoying in any time of year but especially when the whole world is kind of you know living through covid um it just it, it unfortunately um immediately puts this bad taste in your mouth about the space so investing in really really good I, this is a i don't know if this is just a, a zach and gabby thing but also like having certain cleaning products out like having a clean sponge that's like still in the wrapper right before like uh near the sink like game changer wouldn't 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 think that that would be such a big deal but like don't leave a used sponge, you know, next to the kitchen sink. Like that's just sponges are really cheap, right? Like that that's a small thing, but when you pick up a sponge to do your dish and it's dirty and it smells, again, it, it doesn't matter how nice your sink is, like it immediately puts this weird taste in your mouth uh for for the space. And coupled with that like the the soaps too, like, you know, there are a couple of really great brands out there that people associate with, you know, being clean and being nice. They're not that expensive. Like invest in like a method soap, right? Or a, or or a Myers, whatever it might be. Like small things like that really do go a long way in helping you feel more comfortable and at home in this space. We were I, just talking about this earlier. He was right. harping on the cleaning thing because it's like once you notice one thing, you start to question. It, it. messes up everything. It does. Yeah, like it, it, it does. does. Yeah, and like you can't get it. And the thing with me again, and I shared this in the last episode, so sorry, but I can't get out of my head. Like once I'm in that moment and I feel that something is not clean, I can't like I'll, I'll sit in bed and I'll feel like something is like walking on my toes. And I'm like, and I, and I know I'm like crazy because I know yeah. there's nothing because I know there's nothing there because I checked the bed before getting into it. And there's still, I still feel it. So I'm like, oh, um, question for you. Super weird question, maybe. But I think this is a it's a long long time of debate for the shower preference on the big things that you refill or the little hotel soap and shampoos great great question I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up i'm totally okay with the big things that you refill as long as you can't see through the bottle right so if, if you've got a bottle where it's you know uh a, a glass not a glass bottle, or like a, a a black glass bottle or like a ceramic bottle where like you can't see through to see how much of the shampoo or conditioner or what, what have you has been used 
totally fine. Um, if you if you're not going to do that, then you know the the mini shampoos um, and, and and conditioners I think are are the way to go. Uh, I know that for us, um, most of the, our, our favorite places that we stayed did have, um, uh, refillable, uh, uh soaps and, and shampoos. Um, and the best ones had refillable sh- soaps and shampoos in, uh, uh, non-transparent bottles. So that's, the, that's my two cents on that. I've, I've fought with owners on that before about like, oh, I'm just going to put out like a Pantene Pro V thing. I'm like, Dude, <laughs> yeah. just... I'll buy you the bottle, like a nice clean bottle that says shampoo. Like it's just that little touch, just yeah. like that alone just goes a long way, right? Like yeah. it's such a small thing, but it just looks so much more professional. Not just like, oh, I'm staying 100%. I don't know, like in a hostel like, or something. Yeah, no, it's gross. And people that do that is gross. And then like my personal like pet peeve is like, I don't know how clean it is like i don't yeah. know if people put other stuff in there i don't know if people put their own soap in there so to me it's always like it just looks so much cleaner and then again like if if you don't take good care of it those little dispensers can easily look super dirty super run down rusted all of that yeah so I'm like, unless you have super tight cleaning procedures and a great cleaning team go on hospitality. I think I, I use hospitality.com on one of those websites and I'll just buy a box with like 800 soaps and then you just keep that because it's just easier and it looks cleaner and it, sometimes the quality is better. Yeah, and on the, on the note of just bathrooms in general too, like invest in good towels, right? Like if you, if you yes. want to make your, your guests happy, like pay the, pay the extra for the towels, like go skimpy on like the bathroom rug or like, you know, a hand towel or whatever to make up for that. But like the actual bath towels, like that's, that's pay a premium for that. It should be comfortable. It should be really, really, really clean. People should feel like they can actually dry themselves. Right. After taking a shower, we've been in some places where it's like, you, you have to use like two towels just to dry yourself off uh, effectively and or like you're scratching yourself while you're using a towel. And it's just this weird, unnecessary kind of like feeling of like, you don't, you don't think twice about like how many people have probably used the towel until the towel like feels bad. And then you're like, Ooh, not only does this, you know, feel uncomfortable, how many other people have like used this towel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so small, small thing there, but like invest in good towels. I think the two key things, again, even if you have a shoestring budget that you touched on, which goes a long way, is the sheets, the mattress, and the towels. Like get nice plush towels, nice soft sheets, because if anything else, like even some of the products that we've done that were a little more like budget friendly, the whole theme was clean, comfortable, affordable. So we put nice mattresses, nice linens, nice towels. Everything else was pretty bare bones. Like those go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and on that note too, of the, the bare bones, like, I think that some, some people are worried about, um, you know, uh, when it comes to the decor of the space, they almost feel like, oh, we got to stock it with like all this stuff, right. To, you know, make sure that people got everything that they need. And if you've got the, the, you know, the resources and the budget for something like that, great. Right. But if not, like we've stayed in some incredible places that were very like minimalist, like that did not have tons of stuff. It had, they had one cast iron pan, right? Like one nice set of utensils. And like, again, it's just the two of us. So it's, it's, that's okay. But like, that was fine. Like we had no issue kind of washing the same couple dishes. It, 
you know, was so much more, it was so much better of an experience than some other places where we were at, where it was like, you couldn't even open a drawer because there was so much Tupperware in the space that it was like spilling out, right? Like, so I, I think that there's this misnomer that in order to set up a space well, you've got to have everything. You, you really don't. You just have to have enough. Uh, and, and, you know, I would err on the side of like going a little bit more minimalist with sort of like how you furnish the space rather than being in a situation where your Tupperware lids are spilling out all over the place when you open the drawer. Yeah. And I think that's, that's such a great advice because I would almost kind of translate it into being like thoughtful. Because like, if you yeah. are actually thoughtful about what you put in there, it's not so much the quantity, it's the quality. And, and I am very similar. I, I assume you like to cook just from, the, from that, like, can I, can, I make, can I make a filet mignon? Yeah. Like, that's a very specific kind of thing to worry about. But it's, it's the thing of like, and I talked about this when I was in Europe, like, is, is there a can opener? Yeah. And I like, how, yeah. like, is there a ball opener? And I just like, how... How much did you think of me when you're designing the space if there is not a ball opener? Like I'm coming on vacation in Spain. <laughs> what do I, do you expect me to drink water? Like, yeah, what, yeah. like you know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's really funny. Um, did you say your wife's name was Gabby? Gabby? Gabby. Gabby, yeah. So is there stuff that you guys have seen that are, that make you happy specifically as, you like you find something you're like oh my god this makes this place amazing and she finds something for example my wife loves the black oh, towels to remove the makeup because she yeah. as an airbnb host she feels bad when people don't have makeup removal towels or or, or black towels. she's like i don't want to ruin their towels so did you find something that is specific awesome for you and then something that your wife found specifically good for her yeah, I've got I've got two uh, two things for each. So, one for for Gabby, yes, the the black towels, awesome. I'm glad that you brought that up. Game changer, right? Better than just sort of like the disposable ones that you that you trash. Um, and and then two for her, you know, the the bed is always a big thing. Like like what are the quality of the sheets? Like and like are are they nice? Like she's very um, when it comes to bed, she really likes things to be. Uh, like nice and and clean and if she even you know senses that there's like an alignment issue with the sheets it kind of throws her in a little bit of a tizzy um but so she she loves like good good sheets for me two things one knives like having nice like I like to cook and and so does my wife but having like good knives uh to use to cut like game changer when when you have like really dull knives right and you're trying to cut like I actually just cut myself the other day. You can't even see on my finger because it was a dull knife on cutting an onion and it slipped off the onion and, you know, sliced my finger. Um, and so like, again, when it, when it comes to expenses, you don't have to go crazy. Like, I'm not saying you got to go buy Cutco knives, but like invest in, in some nicer knives. Um, especially if you've got a nice kitchen and you know that people are going to be staying there for an extended period of time, you know, pet peeve is when you've got a beautiful kitchen but then really, really crappy, like cooking utensils. Um, and, it, and it happens more often than you might think, right? And I, I loved uh, what you said about the can opener, because I think if there's one kitchen utensil that the, the most number of the greatest number of Airbnbs that we stayed in did not have, it was a can opener. So if you're a host and you're listening to this 
and you don't have a can opener, like go, go look at your place and make sure you've got a can opener. Cause you use can openers more than you'd think. And it's again, that and a lemon squeezer, actually like any sort of citrus squeezer are like the two most commonly left out utensils that at least for those of us that cook, like I use that all the time. Every um, day. And the every, knife yeah. thing, like the knife comments, like I hate that. Like yeah. that is something that like I, to the point that like I've started thinking about traveling with like <laughs> a knife, like a thing, like, you know how the chef in the movies come yes. and they have their own knife? Also the serial killers. So please envision me as a chef, not a serial killer, but like, you know, like the roll out of knives and the spices, right? Like I love cooking with a lot of spices and yeah. like, it's annoying when you go somewhere for just a little bit of time that they only have salt and pepper. Like I know I'm white, but I also use other spices yeah. that, are, that make food taste better. So people that just have salt and pepper for me is a big pet peeve. So like in Spain, I was traveling around with my own Ziploc full of spices because that's just who I am, you know? Because you're yeah. Italian. <laughs> yeah, they, they, but like we need spice, man. Like it, it's that's why we fought so hard and, and done so many wars over spice. People, <laughs> people, people need spice. Um, so where where is the journey bringing you guys now? Like, are you are you still roaming around? Are you are you going back to DC? DC, you said right? Yeah, yeah. So we um we have a place that's permanent-ish of a residence, kind of in DC now, but we're still traveling about a couple weeks, one to two weeks a month. Um, we're kind of in this interesting phase where. We're, we've grown our, our newsletter, uh, we've grown our subscriber base, and um, now we're, uh, we've been invited by Airbnb hosts to come and check out their places, uh, you know, do a little bit of an audit of their place, uh, and then also get them on our podcast, which is um, called Behind the Stays. And it's really, it, it's, it's quite different than this podcast. It's a little bit more of just, uh, you know, the story behind the place, like the story behind the hosts uh, that, that brought the Airbnb to life. So right now we're actually... Um, I just, literally right before we hopped on, I was interviewing the hosts of this beautiful Airbnb called the Bread Barn in Rafine. I think I'm saying that right, Virginia, uh, in the Shenandoah Valley, and they just have an exceptional story. It's a beautiful farm in in Southern Virginia. Um, so yeah. Anyways, all that is to say is that we do have a a little bit of a more permanent ish home for a couple weeks out of the month, and then we're traveling around. Um, and trying to, you know, bring the stories of these really cool spaces to life so that we can inspire other people to come and stay at these, uh, these places as well. Mm, I love that. That sounds awesome. That's yeah, it's fun. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, let us know if you guys have recommendations of where to go. Um, we're, we're always looking for new places to, to check out. Have you seen this super awesome one in like uh, Joshua Tree? That it kind of looks like on the side, like it has a rock, like their their bed has the rock behind it, and it's like glass. You know what I'm talking about? I, I see so, it on TikTok all the time. Yeah, I, I feel like they're like every Joshua Airbnb is looks like ridiculous. Yeah. Joshua Tree Airbnbs <laughs> are ridiculous, but um, I, yeah, I, I think I know which one you're talking about actually. Yeah. Um, and I think it normally goes for like you know two to three k a night or something ridiculous. Um, yeah. But that one is beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. And yeah. we, we haven't, we, we were in Southern California for a couple months uh, earlier this year, but we didn't make it out to Joshua Tree, which is one of my biggest regrets. So we'll have to, we'll have to make it out there soon. So if there's anyone listening that has a place in Joshua Tree and they want to invite us out, uh, we'd, we'd welcome the invitation. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, before we get into the last question, first, I just want to acknowledge you and thank you for coming on here and sharing your journey with us. 
Uh, again, I know this has been a hot topic that people have been asking about to, to hear it from the guest standpoint, because Ian, I talk all the time about this stuff, but to hear it from somebody that stayed in this many properties, you know, you and your wife, like echoing a lot of the things that we're talking about, like it makes a huge difference. So thank you so much for coming on here and sharing that. Um, where can folks learn more about you and uh, the spontaneous newsletter yeah. and all that good stuff? Yeah, no. And, and first and foremost, just, yeah, thank you guys for the invitation. This is, uh, this is a blast. And if anyone listening to this wants, you know, more specific details too, I know that we just touched on some basic stuff, but uh, happy to share other more nitty gritty, um, you know, ideas around how to make the space stand out, especially to like, you know, when it comes to Airbnb or any short-term rentals, you know, you might be designing it for quick weekend travelers, but if you, if, if you want to attract digital nomads, people that are going to actually be like living and working in a space for maybe a longer stay, got lots of ideas for, um, how you might, uh, you know, better your home there. But um, for if folks want to learn a little bit more about us, uh, you can go to spontaneous.com. So it's a little, it's a little tricky. It's spontaneous. So I'll play on the word spontaneous. Um, but spontaneous.com is where you can sign up for the newsletter. Uh, and then, yeah, if you, if you're a short-term rental host and you want to be on our podcast, we'd love to interview you as well. So you can go to behindthestays.com and that'll take you to our podcast but thank you both for everything that you know you're doing for this space love your guys's content and yeah just have i've learned uh, a little bit you know being slightly newer to this space kind of who the players are and your guys's pod has been uh fun to listen to so appreciate the invitation and thankful to be here absolutely man thank you and so the last question that we ask all of our guests this will be a little bit different but what would you say is we always ask what's your number one secret to success, but what would you say is a number one secret to success for a short-term rental house? Mm. Great, great question. Um, I'm going to give one from the standpoint of a digital nomad, which is secret to success. If you're trying to attract this, you know, growing uh, group of people who have flexibility in like where they work, uh, Think about investing in a cool nook that is a, you know, a uh, work from home setup. Like think about, you know, uh, a, a dual monitor, right. Or a, uh, you know, Bluetooth keyboard or a mouse, right. Think about a cool lamp, right. You don't need to spend tons of money here, but it, you know, it, even, even a couple hundred dollar, like sit stand desk or something like that, like find a way to build out a cool little nook, um, where folks can work. Um, if, Again, if you're trying to attract a, a digital nomad type of audience or, or, you know, anyone that's able to, you know, stay a little bit longer. And then outside of digital nomad audience in particular, just a little bit more generally, I think one of the best things that you can do as a host is leave some very simple, doesn't need to be expensive, but some simple welcome gift, right? Like a little welcome gift and a little note immediately makes you feel like, okay, this isn't just a hotel, right? Or this isn't just, you know, uh, my, my, my brother's couch, like this is, this is special. This is different. So if you can, a little welcome gift goes a long way. Love that. Love that. Awesome. Well, Zach, thank you again so much for being here. Truly appreciate you. And, uh, we'll be in touch. All yeah. Right? Great. Well, thank you both. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, love, love the content and looking forward to seeing how you guys continue to grow. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks so Enjoy much. Take care, everybody.
Cheers. All right, take care. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.